now. Uh, we're, we are fine, comfortable here in the studio. Bill, Dan, and Drew, that's the regular crew here on the Tuesday Drive, and we're uh, looking forward to talking with you another um, another fun Tuesday as we have guests joining us each hour, our regular Tuesday guests, Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com and Sirius XM at the bottom of this hour, and then in the 5 o'clock hour, about halfway through, Jake Crane from Crane & Company. Uh, other than that, we are wide open for your calls, questions, and comments as we get underway here in hour number one, which is brought to you by the uh, good folks at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And speaking of getting through to us, you can call us on the Kia of Auburn hotline. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast of the show, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center, or go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. A lot going on. Obviously, the, the news of the day, the... Uh, official introduction of Hugh Freeze as Auburn's 31st head football coach. And uh, Hugh Freeze, the opening comments from Hugh Freeze, his praise of thanks to and announcing that Cadillac Williams is the associate head coach as well as being running backs coach. I listened to the uh, press conference live. You were there in attendance. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you actually were, were able to ask Coach Freeze a question. Uh, what were your impressions of how Coach Freeze was received and you, you, per, you know, sort of you personally, anything that stood out to you uh, from, uh, f- from his introduction? Well, I mean, I, I've been to a lot of, I've been to a lot of press conferences, a lot of coaches. Not being all 31 of them. Yeah, Not but, all 31, but ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a quarter of them probably now. Uh, let's let's count them back. Were I you mean, there? Were you there when Die was introduced? Yes, I was. Okay, all right. Yes, I was. Were so you there? Spence, for any, no, no. Was no he your first coach, coach, coach Die was the first new head coach that I was that are at his press conference for. All right, so we're so what? it's coach, coach Die and and Bowden and Tuberville, Chizik, Chizik, Gus and Harson and okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 working I'm working right there at a at a quarter. You're up, getting so. you're getting closer. Yeah. Not to make this a you know not to make too many Casey Kasem references throughout the show because if we get started on that we won't stop. Yeah, you're but right. uh, but no you're you're getting near double but, double but, digits right. You're getting your double figures on that. Uh, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting close. Well, with a, you, with a bullet when you, when you count when you count on the other the other sports <laughs> coaches. Oh yeah, I'm I'm well into double digits. But uh, but no, I mean um, one of the if not if not as imp- uh, impressive. A press conference as I've been to. Uh, now I've been wild at press conferences before. That is not the be all end all, but I, I was very impressed. Very impressed with Hugh Freeze, who who uh, came across as very genuine. You know, I, I I had wondered if it might feel a little preachy, but it did not. Not at all. I mean, he definitely expressed his faith among all the other things that he had. Uh, pretty much laid it out there. Uh, I thought. I thought he did a pretty good job of responding to the questions. I know there were a couple of people that didn't that felt he dodged things. I didn't. I didn't feel like he dodged much. I just don't felt. I didn't feel like he wanted to go into all of everything again. You know, it's like you can you can check out what happened. And he talked about 
what has happened since. So, no, I thought uh, overall um, a, an impressive opening press conference. Now we'll see. I mean, my question was, staff, I didn't expect there to be a whole lot. I thought maybe he would he would mention someone who was coming, uh, not necessarily to be an on-field coach, but, you know, just some staffers, things like that. I guess he just didn't want to uh, go ahead and get into any of that. But my main thing was to get an idea of the urgency of having some staff in place by this weekend when coaches can get back out. But um, probably the... Um, the most interesting thing, the one that went, hmm, was when he was asked, uh, when he was speaking about staff and talking about the response that he had received from coaches nationwide interested in joining the Auburn staff and pointing out uh, how impressive some of the uh, resumes and uh, expressing a little surprise at some of the people who had been interested to the point where he said he is considering relinquishing play calling. Uh, and he, he, he gave one example, and I'm sure that I, I don't know who this is, but you had to feel he had someone in mind when he said, oh, they could really be a help in the red zone, and I could help, I could help him on the rest of the field. Interesting, yeah, and, and he had, you know, we were talking about it yesterday that Malik Willis had right. sort of revealed that there was a system in place for years at Liberty where Hugh Freeze would call plays. I believe he called first and second down, and then the other guy called third, third down, down and red, and red zone, zone plays. But, but Hugh Freeze has shown a willingness to uh, sort of divide the workload that way among at least him, you know, him, uh, another play caller and Coach Freeze himself. So I know, I, I know there were a couple of people who rolled their eyes and went, oh, are we going? Are we heading back into this am i calling plays am i not i didn't get that feeling at all from hugh freeze i got the feeling that in a situation like this as big a situation as this he wants to focus on other things if possible but he's very much looking at the possibility of turning that over to someone else so he can first um build relationships with the players build the team, and do other things that are required as a head coach. The the thing that seems to be picking up the most steam nationally from the press conference would be the answer he gave about his social media accounts. And I guess it was... Pat, the, the two different... The, the answer and then the, the comment? Well, so Pat Forty reported in the... Or included in his 40-yard dash in the aftermath of Hugh Freeze getting hired, I think it was yesterday, Pat Forty wrote that Hugh Freeze had relinquished control of his social media accounts. What well, That was sort of included as an aside when writing about it. Hugh Freeze was asked about that oh, at he, the press conference he today. Quickly, he quickly said no. Right, he, yeah, he said he, he had control of his social media accounts, um, but then also sort of acknowledged something a little bit later in the press conference, right, that he had... A little later, he said he hadn't been on social media for three or four weeks, that somebody else had been handling that. That's not that unusual. I mean, people then go, well, we'll see, he has done that. But that's not that unusual for someone to handle some day-to-day uh, activities, replies, and things like that. Like yesterday, when Gus Malzahn tweeted congratulations, and there was a reply, that doesn't mean that Hugh Freeze doesn't know what's going out there. It's just he's not, you know, doing the physical 
part of, and, of, of uh, entering. And not to make not to make excuses for Hugh Freeze or anyone else in this regard, Bill. But if you're someone who has uh, who has impulse control issues, maybe social media is not the best idea, right? Because you can you can say something with with, with your name attached to it, publicly right. or privately. That can that could do that could be uh, damaging. To, we've I mean, seen people we've seen people throw their careers away on social. Oh, media. sure, you're right. But so, I mean, do, do you th- do you think that every coach that is posting it's always that coach that is posting that? Oh no, no. I also <laughs> I also think that there are teams you know working behind the scenes for a oh, lot yes. of for a lot of public oh, yes. figures, not just. And yeah, that's another one beyond mm-hmm. just like I'm not sure how much John Cena is actually tweeting, you know, on his own behalf and how much someone else might be. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of public figures that might be, not to call John Cena out or anything, you know, anything like that. I don't no, want, I don't think I'd do that. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to piece, <laughs> I don't want to piece of that one. Now that I think, Drew, cut that out of the podcast. But the, uh, uh no, I, I think that's, uh, you know, hand, handing over, if, if Hugh Freeze has ceded some control of his social media accounts, in recent weeks to or, or or since taking the Auburn job to, you know, people who will sort of Well if over- he said he'd done it for three or four weeks. That's that could, it. That, that that's that, interesting too. That, that would be before. That would be before. You know, so if yeah, if he's you know of course it was exactly it was it was four weeks exactly from the day that yeah. the job became open, that Hugh Freeze was hired. Yeah, there might there might have been maybe. might have been a might have been a call from Jimmy Sexton's or, office. Yeah, saying, may, may have been, or maybe maybe some or maybe some somebody else. Maybe you know a family member going, hey, you know. Maybe just uh, let's let's just wait for a little while. That, that's something else that uh, that struck me about the press conference. It's not, it's not unusual for the coaches' uh, families. Oh to no, be not at all. That's that's something I expect. It, it seems like uh, Ms. Freeze is going to be is Jill 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 Freeze is going to be a pretty active part of you know of of the of the operation. You know, people were calling and saying you know it's, it'll would be I guess in contrast to to Lane Kiffin, it would you know the the benefit of having a married coach is that you get. Someone you get, else you get on a house the, bomb. You get someone you get else. On, yeah, you get someone else on the team. Right. Uh, and uh, and it sounds like uh, th- this is someone who, in the vein of I think it was Brian who mentioned Christy Malzon mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. You know, could be could could be a pretty active part oh, of you, this of this entire operation. That's that's not unusual at all. You hear that you, you hear that quite frequently uh, among very successful um, programs. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, uh, we love your thoughts on today. Uh, where you stand with the with the Hugh Freeze hire? Um, we're I thought, here. He, I thought he did a good job of mostly keeping it about football when he when right he could and not not allowing. I think there were a couple chances where if he'd wanted to give a long in depth answer, may, maybe it would have you know you know what I mean. I, I guess when when asked about some of the, you know some of the the past, uh, but for the most part. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, to reasonable questions, I thought he gave reasonable. Answers. I did too. Uh, no, I, I I did too. For and and the I, mean, I, I I I do not understand anyone asking why anyone deserves a second chance. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean what a, what what a what a crazy question that is to ask anyone. I mean, uh, everyone should. I think everyone should deserve a second chance there's no reason to to have to explain why you deserve a second chance not that that doesn't mean you're more special than anybody else see i I would look at it and and think if you believe and and not you personally bill but anyone out there unless you believe that no one deserves a second chance no no what, what i'm saying is if you believe that hugh freeze's behavior 
or, or, or conduct or things that, that are public knowledge about Hugh Freeze. Since before. If you think that should have disqualified him from taking the job, like you're entitled to, to that opinion. I mean, there, and, there, and there, are, there are people who have been essentially blacklisted from major college football because of their behavior or their mm-hmm. involvement in scandals over the years. There are other people who have prominent jobs in college athletics right now as football coaches or basketball coaches that were involved in prominent scandals over the years and have been given a chance to right. uh, rehabilitate themselves and and something like that. I mean, I guess I'm more like I'm more curious about the question of will whatever you view as the risks of Hugh Freeze if it's on-field coaching, if it's recruiting in the aftermath of what we know about what happened at Ole Miss, if it's personal life, off-the-field stuff, whatever you think of as the risks, you know, will, will it be? You know, will the reward be worth those risks? For Auburn, they clearly think that. Oh, absolutely! They've they've invested quite a bit. It's a it's a it's a gamble in, in that. on the yeah b- banking on mm-hmm. the fact that the rewards of having a Hugh Freeze coach football program are worth. Whatever you view as the risks of having Hugh Freeze coach your football program, I don't know. I will say that I was I was impressed by the recruiting pitch today, and I thought that I he, see a little bit of the of the oh, guy that uh, you you can go ahead and finish this one, Bill. No, I, no, I think you're we, right. I, I, the same I, I, to, I told a couple of people. I said I can understand why he feels that uh, he can recruit well because he was he was very he was a very impressive. Uh, he gave a very impressive sales pitch for himself today, and I think he's. I think he will be able to if he gets in the door. He was talking about getting. He was talking about getting uh, recruits on campus. If he gets in the door, I think that that given the opportunity, that he uh, will will be able to explain or talk to people that will give him. That opportunity, give him that chance. I was I was impressed with how confident he felt on a couple of things. He talked about quarterbacks that he he felt he had the gift of of uh, working with quarterbacks. I believe that was, was when, when asked about Robbie, Robbie yeah, Ashford. Asked about Robbie. And, who, who and was there? Who that was, is who right. Was Robbie was Robbie was indeed there, and uh, and when he was talking about recruiting, I mean he you, you could see he is he's very confident in his ability. To work to 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 really improve quarterbacks and to be able to recruit and that's something, boy Auburn people are really hoping that uh, that that comes true. Sure, I mean big time recruiting is different than it was when Hugh Freeze had no question success at Ole Miss initial success as a recruiter. Oh, you didn't have at nil, you didn't have the transfer portal, right? And and there are things there are things that are public knowledge about Hugh Freeze now that that he didn't have to explain sure. away in his first two years at Ole Miss. And uh, you know, I think now he's also recruiting players that maybe don't remember. His success, oh, without at, at a doubt. Miss. So, so there's also the question of trying to prove yourself in that regard when you're. I mean, yes, he's been at Liberty, but you know, when when Ole Miss, even that first year, which I don't think was a tremendous success on the field for Hugh Freeze, he was able to show a little bit of what he was about mm-hmm. as a coach, and 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 it was able to, to benefit him. So it's no, I, I think there's a, uh, you know, the, I, but what I saw today is a little bit of, and I don't want to go too far with this, but the if you want to call it. Charisma, or the it factor, or whatever, whatever it is that makes you believe that a coach has the 
the warmth and the ability in one-on-one salesmanship situations, right? Like that 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 is that is something that you came away if if you watched today's press conference, at least I came away thinking, yeah, this this is a guy who probably can who probably can sell himself in his program when when he has something to sell to uh to, to people that he he needs to sell it to. It was a good start. I don't think there's any question about that. We need to get to our first break. We'll get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Dak, you'll be up first when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the Controls. Full bank of calls, and we'll start it off with Dak. Hey, Dak. Hey, hey, War Eagle. It's a great day to be an Auburn Tiger. You're on, you're on board with the Hugh Freeze hire, it sounds like, Dak. <laughs> well, look, man, I I would have been happy with Lane, uh, but I, I am very happy with Hugh. He, I think he fits into our way and our uh, university in, a, in more than one way. And, you know, I, I just uh, – I have – been around him two or three times at camps and things like that. Never worked for him, but he is a he really. What you see is what you get. He that what he, the way he talked today that is pure Hugh Freeze right there. And you knew he knew what was about to happen. He knew he was going to get the questions, and I think he handled it uh, with uh, some style and grace. I really do. And, and you know, I don't know what. Do you, you know, I just now uh, got on. I don't know what all everybody is saying, but, uh, you know, I just think it's time to move forward and, and forget about the past. I mean, how I many, you know, they said second chances. I mean, I thought Liberty was his second chance. How many times is he going to have to say that, you know, mm-hmm. second chances? Well, I think people look at a second chance at a school like Liberty. Second chance, like, at, in the big time, in yeah. the Power Five. Yeah, and then, and then you I know, did. this, this, yeah, is, this is Hugh Freeze's return to, to major college football. And they're, and they're, at least initially, I think initially, and if anything were to happen, then you would start right. to have questions about his past popping back up. But, but no, I agree. Right. I think for the most part, uh, he's... Uh, uh, he, he handled the questions well. We, we talked at the, in the first segment. There was sort of a, a blow up regarding, not a blow up, but there was a, you know, a question regarding his social media control and stuff like that. But, but right, no, I think, right. uh, no, I, I think he, I think he handled himself well and said a lot of things that are going to play well in different corners of the, uh, of the, of right. the Auburn families. I don't know if, you know, if the people that are against this, I don't know how many of them he, you know, I, I don't know if he could, oh, yeah. I don't know if he could have said too many right. things. That that You're bring right. people back who are opposed to his hire, but but I think and, for people that look, were maybe skeptical, he, he did a good job of trying to win them over. Right, right. And look, I don't condone anything, but I, people need to understand this. And I've been around this for over thirty years. And as much as this is not going to sound good, but it goes on at every college, and it, but it's usually an assistant coach or somebody else that's handling that. And that's what people don't understand. That doesn't make it right. I don't condone it. But having been around this business for a long time, that is part of the business. And it, it's sad, but it is. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. And we were talking about that before the show. That's something that I think people need to understand is that, you know, with the NCAA situation with, with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze was not given a show cause. Mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze was uh, the NCAA felt he should have known, but they didn't say that he knew or was doing the, you know, the um, the the. the illegal benefits or whatever for the players. Back to the IKEA of Auburn Hotline and Jeremy's up next. Hey Jeremy. Um on a scale of Curly Holman to cloning Steve Walsh, Bill Walsh, what's the uh what's what's the football level of this hire? Mm-hmm. And that is my question. I, I wish I knew more. Um, I mean, I, I, I hear former players of his and opponents rave about him as a, as a coach. I look and, and I wonder exactly, you know, how to take the record because it was at Ole Miss and then the records at Liberty. Um, that, that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure of. That's one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to asking Barrett Salee and, and Jake Crane those questions today, that question today. I, I, I fall somewhere, I don't know, like if, if, if I was putting Curly Holman as, as a one and Bill Walsh as a ten, I, I think Hugh's probably a five and a half or six just from what he's accomplished. Um, but you might could say the same thing about Nick Saban when he was at Michigan State. Um, Jeremy, I'm I'm not you know. sure. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say Hugh Freeze has the magic dust to where he's going to be able to take a team that lacks talented enough players, and you know he'll be able to to narrow the gap substantially with his system and beat much more talented teams. But he's had good offenses, more had, or less. You know what? He's had good defenses too. If you look at it, he's really had some pretty good defenses. The the uh, I'm, I'm going to use some numbers from Justin Ferguson here. Uh, his best team at Ole Miss was number four nationally in yards per play and number eight in points per game. Uh, as if you take aside just his uh, looking, at, yeah, avoiding his first year in Oxford and his most recent one at Liberty, uh, his offenses are usually uh, top forty nationally. He's in, averaged thirty fifth. I, 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 I went and looked at him. Averaged thirty fifth over the last four years. So if, I mean, I guess the the football view is if he gets the players, there's reason to believe he's going to win. You know, if, if he can, if he can get the players, you want to keep rolling, Bill? Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll, we'll get one more before our bottom of the hour break. And Mitch, hey, Mitch. Hey guys, uh, speaking about the social media thing with uh, with Coach Freeze, uh, did didn't Brian Harson have like a social media director that took care of his social media, or or did she or him? I think it was a she. Did she take care of all of it for like the the athletic department? I'm not sure exactly how it worked, but that's not uncommon. It's not yeah, uncommon you, at all to have have a social media, um, you know, person or groups. Sports information directors will often be handling it, especially at smaller schools. They'll be handling the social media for the program and and, and for Lar- things larger like that. schools. There's a there's a department yeah. for L- that. Lar- larger schools. You might have someone whose whose you know job is is only mm-hmm. uh, social media. But you know, I would imagine that coaches and I don't know the the industry standard on this. I would imagine that coaches are still. Largely in control of their own personal right. social media but feeds, the, but the university branded ones sometimes, yes, you know, could could be handed over. And and it, but but at the same time, as we were saying in the first segment, public figures could still have a team 
managing right. their personal social media situations. And with the money Hugh Freeze is making, now that the university has confirmed it, maybe Hugh Freeze has decided that a team could be handling his personal social media uh, from now on as well. Well, uh, that, that would probably that'd probably be a good a good step right there, and uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, uh, Carnell was retained. I talked to my sister this morning, and he was concerned about that. And I was like, I I I think Hugh Freeze is smart enough to see what he brought energy wise, and there might be a mass exodus of of players if he didn't stay in some capacity. So uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that. But that's all I got, guys. War Eagle. I know you get into a break. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Appreciate it, Mitch. Yes, we do need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Uh, Barrett Celine joins us on the other side. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. And we're going to hold your calls for a little while because we're going to the Kia of Auburn hotline and welcome in our regular Tuesday afternoon guest here in this slot. And that, of course, is Barrett Salee from CBSSports.com and Sirius XM. Barrett, how are you doing today? I'm great. A little uh, eventful over the last 24, 48 hours down there, huh? That's right. Uh, people, people cannot stop talking about the Willie Fritz bombshell, Barrett. That's all we've been talking about uh, yesterday and today is is the fact and, that and, and yeah and, and yeah it looked like that it looked like that was a done deal. Well, speaking of looking like it was done deals, we left the air Friday. Uh, talking about, hey, when we come back on the air Monday, Auburn will. We're, we were confident Auburn would have a head coach. Of course, we were wrong about who it would be, and we barely made it by an hour, but we were right. Auburn did have a head coach by the time we came on the air yesterday. So, yeah, there's there's been a little to talk about. What what are your thoughts on uh, Hugh Freeze as Auburn's head coach? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm sure you guys aren't terribly surprised either, although, you know, how the process went out, maybe this time on Friday you were, but, you know, I think... Freeze was always at or near the top of the list. I think when Harson got fired, there was, you know, a group of, of coaches they were interested in, and he was in that group, and, mm-hmm. and they, you know, went through and vetted him. Um, Lane emerged, which is fine. Uh, and But I do think that there was concern that he would use Auburn for leverage, which he did, which is fine. Um, but they knew Hugh would not. And so I'm fine with it. I think he's a good fit. I think he's... Um, he fits the style that Auburn has been successful with under Gus. Uh, he's a better play caller than Gus. He's more flexible and um, and diverse in terms of how he operates than Gus. Uh, he understands that you need to hit the portal in a huge, huge way, and he also understands how important high school recruiting is because he's done it before. So he's the right guy. I don't, and I think the fact that he literally said that the emphasis was the transfer portal over high school this year mm-hmm. is really important because that's that's what it should be, right? Like that's how a team does turn around. That's how a program turns around. And, and I'm glad that he mentioned that because a lot of coaches would give you some mumbo-jumbo and not tell you tell you the truth, but you did, which I think is evident, that evidence to me that he is uh, understanding of what needs to be done there and, and how to do it. 
Barry, we had a call just before uh, just before we brought you in, and uh, wanted wanted to sort of pass that question along to you. Just uh, and I, I don't know that I'll give you the same names that he did, but he was saying on a scale of say of of one to ten as far as a coach coaching is concerned, where you know where would you put Hugh Freeze? And I because and I said I, I'm really not sure how to answer that yet because of where he has been at Ole Miss and at, and at Liberty. I, I've liked what I've seen from what he's been able to do. But, uh, but where, where, about where would you put him on a scale of just, a, you know, coaching? Just for coaching, I'd probably say seven. You know, I think seven, he's – he fair. made Bo Wallace a good passer. He made Chad uh, Kelly right. a good passer. He turned Malik Willis into a third-round draft pick. Like – I mean that's just that's not that, that that cannot be looked at um without you know your jaw drop like Malik Willis when when he was at Auburn you guys saw him mm-hmm. he an NFL caliber quarterback uh no 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 not at all I mean so and that's great that he did I'm happy for the guy um and Hugh has a big part of that so you know I think the one thing that maybe should be asked is was his success at Ole Miss by virtue of him being sort of the the trailblazer along with Gus with new offenses in the SEC. Um, because at that time, it was what? Hugh, Gus, Kevin Sumlin, that's about it, um, doing what, what they do. And now everybody does. I think that's the one thing that is sort of out there and, and not answered yet. And he can't answer that until September, and that's fine. Um, but you do know that there's a track record of success there, so I think it's fair to assume that the success will continue. That's a fair question as to whether or not what was cutting edge a decade ago is sort of ask Jimbo. Yeah, is is, is too familiar <laughs> is, is too familiar to defensive Jimbo coordinators. Jimbo was more than a decade ago. Yeah, before. I know, I know. But I mean, that just just an example of oh, things can change. And and you know, I'm I'm sort of you know along those same lines. I'm interested to see what the results look like in recruiting for Hugh Freeze because we know he had those successful recruiting classes at Ole Miss, but there are also maybe some strings attached there. What are you expecting uh, from Hugh Freeze on the recruiting trail, uh, Barrett, in, in, a, in a world that's a little bit different from the one that he was recruiting to when he first got to Ole Miss? Well, the strings that were attached then are much longer and more legal now. So... You know, I'm not, I don't, the NCAA stuff, you know, I went back and looked at, at what exactly was in the, the final report. Mm-hmm. And I think the most, I think one of the only things in there that is still illegal is a player sleeping on a coach's couch, <laughs> which is just hilarious when you think about it. Um, you know, I think that he understands how, to, I mean, look, I think that he, he said it today, like the NIL is a big deal. They sell it. They, they advertise it. They promote it. Everybody does that. You know, that technically it's not supposed to be part of the recruiting process, but when you put it behind your, your head coach in a PR, uh, on the PR backdrop, <laughs> you know what you're doing, right? Um, so, you know, I think he understands that. And, and that's, look, if you can do that legally, he's going to do it legally. Everybody did it illegally back then, too. He just got caught doing it. Um, so I, I think that part's fine. I don't have any issue with, with how he goes about his recruiting, because some, all, so many of the things 
that were done under the table now or over the table. I went back and read that report. It was something like $37,000 worth of illegal benefits in a variety of different wow. ways. And, 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 and th- that is a seriously, that's a drop in the bucket. And, and with Barrett, I'm, I'm not, you know, even if you believe that that he won't run afoul of the rules in recruiting, I, I guess the question would then be, do you think he'll be able to get the kind of players that allow him to be successful, right? Because I, I wonder if people look at what he did at Ole Miss and say, well, now he's going to be able to recruit like that, but without without breaking any sort of rules or you know having to you know having to make a false move with the NCAA is that realistic to expect that he can start recruiting like a you know like like a like a conference championship contender from the from from the moment he arrives I think he can because he can do it differently right you can you can do the quick fix and the program building at the same time and really when you go back to look at his old miss classes it was really just the one with Robert Kondici and Laramie Tunsil um, and Laquan Treadwell, they were all in the same class, and they were that was a really good class. That was really the only one where you kind of looked at it and say, "Wow, that's when they." Yeah, where'd that come that, from? Yeah, you know, <laughs> the reason the reason he got popped for it is because that was the only one <laughs> um, that looked like that. So yeah, but yeah, he can he can recruit. I think in this landscape, I think like it's different now because you have so many kids entering the portal and Lord knows on Monday when that thing actually opens, I, uh, I, I can't wait to see what the servers are like, uh, <laughs> wherever that server is, uh, is housed. But you know, it's, it's not so much. Everybody wants to go to the same place. Everybody wants to play. Mm-hmm. And, and Hugh is a good enough recruiter and Auburn is attractive enough of a program to land kids that want to play. You know, they, there are going to be a lot of five-star kids in the portal, like Texas A&M's entire roster. Right. So, you know, those are all good players. Go get them, right? Tell them you can play here. That's it. You know, and that's, I, I think that's the biggest thing about this. We don't really know how many kids are going to be in the portal until Monday, but you can build a national championship roster with probably 140 of those guys. You just get half, you get a, get like a tenth of those players. You're going to be fine. Talking with Barrett Salee here on the uh, Tuesday Drive. Well, obviously, uh, you know, we focused on Auburn, but uh, quite a few other coaching moves here over the last few days as teams, as soon as their, soon as their season ending, go ahead and jumping in there. Um, what was the biggest surprise of the last few days? Was it Wisconsin and Luke Fickle? Yeah, and, and I think maybe because we just didn't, sort of connect those dots right, right. Like it, it almost seemed like we forgot that that luke fickle might take that job and that luke fickle was a really good coach and maybe it's just because cincinnati's going to the big 12 too like we just like all right luke's in a good spot why would he leave uh but obviously big 10 money is big 10 money so yeah i think that's the one and i mean what a great spot for luke fickle mm-hmm. uh the, the the foundation of success is there the facilities are there the support's there all that stuff i mean it is a great landing spot for luke fickle um, but that was the one, yeah, it kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Brent Key today at Georgia Tech didn't surprise me at all. I guess maybe this time yesterday it would have surprised me because all the Willie Fritz stuff. Uh-huh. But, I mean, Brent Key at Georgia Tech, look at what, like, go back and watch them. That, that, against Georgia, they played really well. Obviously, they beat North Carolina. When they went on the road in his first game and beat Pitt, I mean, this is Georgia Tech. You're, you're not asking a lot to be halfway decent. Like, they flat out whipped some of those teams. Uh, at the line of scrimmage, and I think that 
that means that that program's in in good hands moving forward. Yeah, I, I thought that Jim Leonard at Wisconsin was in pretty good shape to keep that yeah. job, and and I wonder what's next for him because if he wants to go back to being a college defensive coordinator, there could be some places that think Jim Leonard would make a, a big impact from the moment he arrives. Apparently, there are, there are NFL jobs uh, that that are that are uh, reportedly interested in uh, in Jim Leonard uh, as well. But that's a uh, no, that's that's a that, and, and I guess what what's still open? Colorado and Stanford are the are the and jobs South, that are Colorado, South Florida, Stanford, uh, South Florida. Are we getting are we getting Dion at Colorado, Barrett? I don't think. So. I don't think so either. Is that? I, is, so. I think I, it's it's the Illinois it's the Illinois D.C. right that that people think is going to get that job by Ryan Walters. Yeah, and and I think well I think that uh, Leonard might just switch spots and go to go to Cincinnati. Yeah, I wondered about that. You know, him him and Pickle can just mm-hmm. you know trade mortgages. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Dion Colorado, I just I don't see that working. Like I I think Dion's going to work in a lot of places. Colorado's not one of them. I, I just I can't imagine how he would sell that. To players, uh, I, I would just um, you yeah. need a you need a desperate Power Five program now to take a chance on someone with with as little you know with as little coaching experience overall as Deion Sanders and Colorado fits that description over the last it over does. the last two decades or so. It does, but would you? Okay, and this is an honest question. Let's just put yourself in Deion's shoes, right? You you just started doing this what three years ago? Do you go to Colorado? Where it's really difficult, or do you go to South Florida and keep the the evolution going with the talent that there is down there too? Yep. You know, I I thought Dion would have I thought Dion would have made some sense at Tulane, but they don't need a coach because Willie Fritz and no, what, they don't. What br- briefly what happened there? Willie Fritz looked like he was going to be the Georgia Tech coach. Is it that he wanted to coach the the conference championship game and and Georgia Tech didn't want to wait? No, I think it's. Georgia Tech has an identity crisis, and, and I know that they, they they just don't they don't know if they want to be Stanford and Vanderbilt. They don't know if they want to be um, more competitive, lower their standards. Um, you know, they, they don't know what they want to be, and I think they looked at Willie Fritz and said, "Yeah, he's the best coach for the job, and we want to hire him." But then they realized, well, he's kind of old. That's is that something you want to you want to go do this again? Uh, without him being able to fully lay the groundwork? And the answer is probably no. So I think it was sort of like a mutual split. Like they started dating a little bit, and then they're like, yeah, we're done. Um, and then they realized, hey, he's really good. Like He did a great job. We'll just stay with him. Um, you know, and I think that's all there is to it. I, I think that Georgia Tech, really from the outset with Jeff Collins, even when Jeff Collins was hired, they, they've had an identity crisis. They don't know what they want to be. And that was the problem with Jeff Collins, is that he told – Georgia Tech that he would sell the program that he would be the ultimate salesman and he was he just didn't build the program first and that was his ultimately his downfall um, I think now they realize hey you know what not making the splashy hire and being old school and winning at the line of scrimmage what Brent Key did the last eight games that's what we want to be Barrett the uh, CFP rankings come out tonight another shakeup this past week um, there's there's bu- some other buzz in this state. Alabama is getting closer. Are they in with a loss to either US for either USC or TCU? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think TCU's in regardless. They, you, they've already beaten everybody on their schedule. If they lose to Kansas State, okay, they still have already beaten Kansas State. Can you punish them for running the table and having to play the same team twice? I don't think so. 
Um, USC, if USC loses, I think it'll be Ohio State. Uh, and I think Tennessee should be ahead of Alabama too. Uh, but I, I don't think it really matters for, for Alabama because if TCU wins, it's still in and there's only one spot and that would go to Ohio State. And the reason I say that is like, okay, yeah, Alabama's two losses on the final two plays of the game. I get it. The, the loss to LSU looks worse now than it did five right. days ago. And Ohio State has a win over Penn State, which will probably be ranked eighth or ninth today. I don't care if you think Penn State's good or bad. The committee sees them as good, and that's what matters. They also have a win over Notre Dame, which at the time, especially after they lost to Marshall, we all thought, yeah, whatever, Marcus Freeman's done, and he's going to get fired. Like Now you look at Notre Dame, they're – going to be what top 18 top 20 this week mm-hmm. well, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a referendum on the big 10 isn't it i mean that that's that's why you had the big 10 commissioner you know t- talking about the big 10 getting two teams in after the michigan ohio state game because i think if if ohio state were to fall behind two loss alabama after the loss on saturday it wouldn't just be about this ohio state team it would also be sort of I mean, I don't know if the committee's sending a message, but but a message would be sent about how these conferences are viewed if Alabama's ranked ahead of Ohio State tonight. A hundred percent, it would, and and that's the thing is that's the only justification is that you would have to make the strength of conference argument because Alabama's signature win is what Ole Miss, Texas, Mississippi State. That's a like, good one. That's that's what we're going with here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State has one less loss and has a top 10 win, if not two top 20 wins. So, I mean, that that would be the only justification for putting Alabama over Ohio State, and I don't think the committee is going to do that. Hey, it is fun times with the uh, conference championships coming up this weekend, the transfer portal opening up. I know you've got all kinds of uh, great stuff. Where you know, Let everybody know what you've got going on and how they can keep up with it. Yeah, we got the uh, live reaction show on CBS Sports HQ tonight at about uh, I don't know what seven ten or. Hey, they better they better rank Troy Barrett. They better rank they Troy better, tonight. They, I had Troy in my top twenty five on CBS one thirty one. Uh, but yeah, I mean I, we have HQ reaction overrated and underrated teams tonight, and then uh, all the coverage from uh, here in Atlanta from Thursday through uh, through Saturday, and I guess actually Sunday um, mm-hmm. with uh, selection Sunday. So a lot going on. Yeah, no question. Barrett, thanks a lot. Great stuff as always. Uh, we'll talk to you again next time. All right, thanks, y'all. See you. Barrett Salee joining us as he does Tuesdays. And, uh, yeah, great stuff from him. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. You can join us on the other side here on the Tuesday Drive. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's Black Friday sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $700. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase. Or shop Tempur-Pedic and save $500 on select adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift. Mattresses and bases are in stock for fast delivery. With our Love Your Mattress guarantee, get the lowest price and 120 nights to sleep on it. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hey, listener, welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, and the music never stops. Hit it. There's an emu with a full-time job. His partner's Doug, but Lemu's the heartthrob. Grubs and worms, that's what Lemu eats. 
gonna fuel up to save you money and hit the streets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final uh, couple of minutes here of hour number one, and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And James is next. Hey, James. Hey, guys. Um, I really like everything Hugh Freeze said in the uh, press conference. I thought he did a phenomenal job. Um, kind of scratching my head about the AL.com guys. I'm not sure what their problem is. They already act like they got a agenda about something so i'm not sure what that's about but um i wanted to ask y'all yesterday but we were kind of on this hugh Hugh freeze thing Mm -hmm. um after watching the alabama north carolina basketball game the other night do y'all feel like the sec is changing the way the game of basketball is being played because you know a lot of the acc teams don't really substitute a lot I mean, they have depth, but they don't really, they don't, they play a certain number of guys, and that's about it. You know, mostly they're starters. Do y'all feel like, especially, I feel like Bruce Pearl is definitely changing the game the way it's played. Well, the teams that are fortunate, Carolina, though, generally does have talent, and 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 you're right, they don't sub as much as as uh, as Bruce does. And but I would say, if you're fortunate enough to have a lot of talent. The only way you're going to keep it is to try to play them. I don't know that it's, yeah. it's specifically a conference thing. I think it may be coaches, and especially coaches that want to get after you on both ends of the court. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it, James. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're really aggressive defensively or you really like to push it, uh, it, it's great if you have some guys so you can be fresh. In the second you know, half. I, I think some of that's an adjustment to like the one and done nature of college Probably. basketball too. Is yeah, that you know you used to point. you used to be able to harvest sort of depth and now it's great if you can go ten deep. A lot of teams if you if you can't go eight deep, you're really asking for trouble, you know, yeah, you know right. with with those seven guys. But but I do think that teams like you know, Bruce Pearl uh, tempoed teams have have a uh, have an advantage when they when they can lean on their depth. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the call, James. We've got to get to our top of the hour break. Hour number two coming up. We'll open up the phone lines when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Free weight plus ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. Christine Lisi facing a must-win. The United States beat Iran 1-0 to move on to the knockout stage at the World Cup. The only goal scored by Christian Pulisic. U.S. soccer said he suffered an abdominal injury, was taken to the hospital for scans. If Pulisic can't play Saturday against Netherlands, the underdog United States does have a solid option to fill in, explains ESPN soccer analyst Taylor Twelman. The Dutch are not going to sit in and defend. They're going to come after you, which plays into your hands of being strong on the counter. So as long as Timothy Way is on the other side, if Pulisic is at all question mark, 
then you've got a real viable substitution in Giovanni Reyna. Taylor Twelman on Canty and Carlin. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show said he plans on playing Sunday against the Bears after getting positive test results on his rib injury. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones told 105.3 The Fan Odell Beckham Jr.'s removal from a flight Sunday won't impact the team's interest. He still thinks OBJ would be a good fit in Dallas. NBA T-Wolves all-star forward Carl Anthony Towns expected to miss four to six weeks with a right calf strain. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive, a rainy Tuesday evening. Uh, be careful if you're out and about because it uh, there could be some limbs down because there's going to be some wind, possible thunderstorms. Uh, welcome in. It's hour number two. Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the studio in the second hour of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And... Phone lines are open. We welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box. Presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can get however you listen to podcasts. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and uh, look for the podcast center. Either way, uh, that's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Spent most of the uh, first hour talking about uh, Hugh Freeze, who was introduced to the uh, to the public today as Auburn's 31st Head football coach, uh, you know we we can uh, uh, continue talking about. That. Love your love your thoughts on you know the press conference. Just Hugh Freeze as Auburn's coach. If you didn't, if you haven't had a chance to uh, to let us know yet, and we've been talking a lot about the reaction to Hugh Freeze. But you know, we love hearing your reactions to it. But also, sort of, you know, how how folks locally, how folks nationally have taken uh, the the news that Hugh Freeze is is Auburn's next head coach. Uh, I've, I've been. Uh, I was I was struck by what Pat Forty wrote uh, for uh, for Yahoo Sports, and because I don't yeah. know I don't know how much of it is is wrong headed, but I do think that Pat Forty sort of you you know he suggests that certain things are uniquely Auburn problems. When I think maybe he's right to even suggest it's a problem in in college athletics, but I think Auburn would be one of a lot of schools guilty of the things that you that 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 Pat Forty is sort of is sort of suggesting. So uh, let, let's see here. Okay, uh, I'm re- reading a couple of quotes from from the Pat Forty piece. Quote: right. uh, Freeze and Auburn are actually an appropriate match. 
The man can coach ball, and the school only cares about winning at ball. The man can beat Alabama, and the school is obsessed with beating Alabama. The man has pushed through significant scandal, and the school is completely unconcerned about significant scandal. Bruce Pearl is a reclamation hero at Auburn, so why not Hugh Freeze? Unquote. Well, I mean, like Bill, these. Yeah, Pat. Pat Forty has. I mean, any chance he gets to take a shot at Bruce Pearl, and and therefore Auburn, he he's going to do it. I mean, now I, I don't I don't agree with everything he said. I don't I don't believe that Auburn University doesn't care about scandal. Yeah, that's that's the most I'd say that's the most inflammatory stuff he wrote <laughs> yes. about, about about Auburn University because he gets into making a case that Hugh Freeze actually deserves a case, you know, a, a, another shot in major college football a little bit later Just on. Just not at Auburn? Well, a little bit later on, I mean, so so he even writes quote, uh, you know, after summing up sort of how uh, how Hugh Freeze ended up at Liberty, he, he writes, quote, to continue exiling him past 2022 would be excessive, but Freeze still comes with warning labels attached. The 53-year-old must prove he's capable of breaking his teenage-level interest in everything that's said about him and his impulsive replies to public criticism, unquote. He mentions the uh, the, the scandal with the the... Liberty student, right, uh, and, the, the, and, and Ian the, McCaw. So the direct message, right? It's just, and I think, uh, I mean, it gets back to the question about risk versus reward for for Hugh Freeze. You know, what, what, however you view, uh, how, however you view the risks of of acquiring Hugh Freeze as your football coach, whether it's you're not sure he's going to replicate the recruiting success, or you're worried about him getting into trouble in his personal life, mm-hmm. or you're not sure about what you're going to get on the football field. Like whatever those risks are, you know, I guess there's the there's the belief oh, that, that no guarantees. There are no guarantees, but there's also the belief that if you win enough, f- folks folks will fall in line like they have behind other other right. coaches that entered the job with some scandal. Oh yes. So um yeah, so so that that's that's interesting there. I mean, we can talk about anything you'd like sports-wise. Uh let's see a couple of little notes um that that sort of go along with the uh, the Hugh Freeze announcement and introduction, we talked a little bit about Robbie Ashford. Uh, Hugh Freeze was asked about Robbie Ashford. Zach Calzada has uh, uh, has posted on social media that he is planning on returning to Auburn and competing for the starting quarterback job, and that he expects to be one hundred percent by uh, spring ball. Seemed like Calzada was was never healthy in his uh, right. attempt to be Auburn's starting quarterback in 2022, and uh, and he would would he have to sit out a year? Well, I don't know what the rules are. If no. Calzada, no, remember because he didn't play enough uh, this past year. That this would have been his redshirt year, and with a coaching change, he could go right with the coaching change. It it opens things up. So, but but so he would he would have had the opportunity. Yeah, to he leave, could have played anywhere this coming year, uh, saving a year of eligibility. Yeah, no, and I, and I think the the notion of whether Robbie Ashford can hold on to the job, whether he's at risk to losing it to one of his current teammates, and and Hugh Freeze said, you know, he mentioned Robbie. He said he looked like there's some talent in that room as well. With Zach, uh, and he didn't mention these guys, but Zach Calzada and Holden Gurner. Are, are also in that room, and then there's also the possibility of Hugh Freeze going out and bringing someone else in right. to compete at the quarterback position. So that's certainly something to watch for because you know Robbie Ashford enters the off season as Auburn's starting quarterback. He, he's going to have to fight to hold on to that job. Yep, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Don't forget, coming up the bottom of this hour, we'll talk with Jake Crane. But right now. We'll get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Greg gets us started. Hey, Greg. Guys, how y'all doing? Doing pretty good. Look here. I'm going to try to consolidate. 
I started to call in yesterday and I, I lost my service and whatnot, but uh, I'm just going to say this. Uh, Auburn fans, whoever's listening, if we don't all get in, in, in the same direction and start pulling the same daggum way, you're going to ruin another one. Now, I'm going to say this. He was not my first choice. And, and, and you know, and some people he was. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I, And I'm going to say this right here because, you know, I, I am a man of faith. And, you know, I'm passionate about Auburn, but I'm going to tell you something, guys. And we've all been guilty of it. There's people looking on Twitter, this makes me sick to see some of the Auburn fans or so-called Auburn fans or whatever they want to call themselves. If you want to point something out on somebody else, it says in the Bible, pick the speck out of your own eye before you point somebody else's out. You know, everybody deserves a second chance. I get that. And I'm not just saying that through Auburn glass. But, I mean, look. His wife and his family stuck by him. I don't know how this is going to turn out about Auburn, but this is more, this is not all about football. You know, show some compassion in the world right now where you can't even, I mean, you got a lady out here calling intimidation. And how in the world is that intimidation? I mean, what is that? I mean, just the lack of the way people treat people these days is, or lack thereof is, is horrible. I mean, we're running a, a program over social media. People got a platform to say whatever they want. Hey, freedom of speech. But, you know, it's also a lack of, of, of God in their lives in, in schools and everything else that's come up. You know, we all make mistakes, guys. You know, he said something in his press conference today, you know, and I could, I, I clapped. I was in the break room eating lunch trying to watch the press conference. I, I went to clapping. I mean, he says pretty much, you know, if you're going to sit there and say something, you're talking about me and everything. Everybody needs a second chance, but if if everybody's life was as publicized as mine, you know, we'd all be a little uncomfortable in here. You know, daggum right, man. You know, and hats off to him. I think he won the presser. You know, I thought Austin won the presser. So, right. I mean, uh, I know I'm on a rant, guys. Just, hold, just bear with me right here. I'm going to say this, though, about all the football players come back. I hope they come back. Uh, I hope he goes out there and understands, you know what, if, if you got it, this is his second chance, whatever you want to call it, do what's necessary. You know, man, I'm glad they brought Cadillac back, you know, and I've heard rumblings. I don't know what – you can't really tell what's true anymore, guys, and I know y'all might have heard a little bit more than I have and kind of reserve yourself of what you say, but I've heard, you know, that possibly the Kiffin coming might have had something to do with his family up there and, you know, not wanting to leave Oxford. Other part might have been that, you know, they say, hey, you know, Auburn make demands. Hey, you gonna keep Cadillac? We want you to keep this. And he's like, No, nah, I'm gonna come up here and do what I want to do. And they said, All right, well, you know, I just don't think we can do that, uh, especially what Cadillac's done. And I don't want to see Cadillac leave. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm pulling for him. Like I said, he wasn't my first choice, but you know, it ain't never gonna work if we you're all a, pull. You're a believer. Risk. You're a believer that the re- the reward, uh, the potential reward, is worth the risk for Auburn. Any 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 sort of risk that goes along with with Hugh Freeze, and you believe he's a man of faith who's learned his lesson. I think there are, there are folks because there's been a lot of 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 uh, you know the pe- people have acknowledged the the other side of it, uh, and uh, and and so yeah, I think I think there are people who are you know there there are people who are uh, on the fence. You got some folks that oh, are, yeah, and you got folks on either side of it. Yeah, you got I some folks that, that believe that no Hugh Freeze's past behavior, you know, should have been disqualifying, and the, and they they're not really in the mood to give him a chance. And you got folks firmly of the opinion that 
that this this is a guy who uh, deserves the same chance at redemption that a lot of other college coaches have received uh, in some cases for for doing things that are maybe more serious oh, than, yes. than, than what Hugh Freeze yes. uh, was, was accused I, I, I agree of with was, that was accused of doing 3343211390 Matt is up next hey Matt hey I'd like to just give you my two cents if you don't mind and I'll say too that I called in and uh, a week or two ago I came over in and said he was not my first choice because of press, you know, the baggage. And as this is ongoing, I've, I've looked and seen what had happened and, and I've changed my mind. I think he did a great job with, with his press conference today. I thought it was uh, very polished and I think that's what we need. And I think he's the best coach, honestly, the football coach that best coach we can get. The thing, my point, and this has probably been said already is, is another opportunity to say it's, it's sometimes hard being an Auburn fan. Because, mm-hmm. you know, oh, people, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've quit trying to, all the Alabama fans and the national media that just pile on Bruce Pearl all the time, uh, I just, you know, you look at that and go, you, you guys are just not given, can't get past it or give them a chance. And I think probably over the next few years they may do that with with Freeze and bring up stuff that that really isn't, is way in the past or, or not pertinent to the current situation. And I think I, I admire the administration for, for you know, doing their diligence and um, doing their background checks and and giving the guy a chance, and I think as Auburn fans we should do the same thing. And I think that's I'm I'm as, as I reflect here and I'm old. Uh, I just think it's it's, a, it's gonna only time will tell. But I think it's a good choice for where we are right now, and I'm optimistic, I guess. Uh, and we'll see. The, I'll leave you with a question. I'll hang up. I appreciate you. I know you got a lot of people calling in. Um, do you think he will honor the commitments that we have now for the guys that have committed to the school um, as you know the, the signing period coming up in two, three weeks? Or do you think he'll reevaluate and possibly change uh, the direction on some of those guys that we have been recruiting? That is, I appreciate the call, Matt. That's a, that's a great question. I think good, good, good call. Auburn has 13 commitments, I believe, now. Uh, and he said a couple of times, you know, he hasn't really spoken to recruiting yet. He doesn't really know where they stand high school wise. The, the transfer portal opens Monday. The high school and junior college signing period is three weeks from tomorrow. Starts three weeks from tomorrow. So that's a very good question. Uh, it may depend on contacts that he or someone that he is planning on adding to the staff may have um i i do believe he is really anxious to 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 really hit hit the ground as fast as he can recruiting now they can't get out until friday but he can make phone calls uh and i i i i I do think that that's what he really wants to do he was talking about the talent in the state and the talent locally you can you can sort of put two and two together and have an idea of some of the folks he's talking about, some folks who um, may not be committed anywhere, some who may be committed elsewhere that he wants to try to target. If he's very successful, I, I, I wonder, you know, there's no limit on the number of players you can sign, so it might be easier to hang on to everybody who's committed, but uh, it, it's it's a big jump to say, Yes, he is, or to just flatly say, no, he's not. 
But, no, there's, there's but a, it's going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, I, I think there's a chance that the roster looks dramatically different. Uh, you know, I, I think you could have a lot of folks who decide, you know, their their future. You know, a lot of current Auburn players who decide maybe their future is is, uh, you know, they're better off elsewhere. Uh, and there could be a lot of players elsewhere who decide that they're better off at Auburn. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that all bets are off. Uh, retention. You know, we've talked about you know sort of talent acquisition and talent retention. I think mm-hmm. identifying. The players with eligibility remaining, that would be the biggest losses in the portal and convincing them to, uh, to stick around. Maybe retaining Cadillac Williams already helps out with, with some think, of that. I would think it sure doesn't hurt because I, I got Jarquez Hunter near the top of my list in that regard. I mean, especially, right. especially if you're looking at players that are first or second years only, not, mm-hmm. not player, you know, players who are ineligible to go to the NFL draft. You know, I, I think Jarquez Hunter is, you know, one, one of the first ones that you'd want to hang on to and try to build around for next year, especially if Tank Bigsby decides he's ready right. for the NFL. And, uh, with, with Cadillac Williams back in the fold, you would think that that would help Auburn's case with, with keeping, uh, Jarquez Hunter. And then there's going to be, uh, the question of, of who you can go out, uh, who you can go out and add, not just from uh, the uh, the transfer portal, but from the the high school ranks to sort of bolster uh, this uh, this lineup going into next year. That was a strength of Hugh Freeze when he was a coach, especially yeah, the, it was. especially the skill positions. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the receivers that Ole Miss signed. You know, we we were just looking at yeah, we were talking about coaching up quarterbacks, but he had some serious talent to work with at receiver. Yeah, and I mean, and his last year at Ole Miss was was sixteen. His last full season at Ole Miss was sixteen, so he really didn't get to coach much of. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. That was the, uh, the, the group sort of afterward. But those, uh, the, the 10 win and the 9 win team had some, had some real talent at, uh, at, at wide receiver Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell uh, was, was such a fabulous player. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, uh, there, there were some, some sounds. I mean, part of the reason why, uh, not to take credit away from anyone else, but part of the reason why his quarterbacks were as good as sure. they were is because they, they had some, yeah, it's a little bit like Tennessee this year. I mean, Hendon Hooker's mm-hmm. great. It helps when wide receivers are, height. Yes. Are, are doing are doing what, oh, what, yeah. what those receivers can do at Tennessee when you know at the, when they're at their best. All right, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Still time for you to join in before we get to uh, Jake Crane at the bottom of the hour here on the Tuesday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 22 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Well, actually, Tuesday evening. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to say that I'm really happy with the hire. I think, just like John Coston said, that uh, he's the perfect fit. And you know, I think he's a really good fit. He could stay a very long time. And uh, oh, I don't, I don't think that you have to worry about Hugh Freeze looking to leave. Right. And uh, also, do you think there's any possibility that Tank might come back? I mean, I think there's a possibility of it. I mean, if he can I think get it's a long shot, but yeah. I don't think it's zero. I mean, if I were if I were advising Tank Bigsby, who's never asked for my advice and never will, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, how long do you want to play in the NFL? You know, what do you want to get out of your NFL career? Is it is it the best thing for you? 
to avoid putting another year of college football wear and tear on your body if you want to fulfill those NFL dreams. At the same time, maybe he feels a strong connection or uh, you know a, a belief that he can be part of helping Auburn improve from where they were this year. So you know, I, I would expect him to make the business decision and go begin his professional career. Uh, but, you know, love's a powerful thing, right? You know, he, he might, he might be, right uh, about that. He, he might be convinced to, uh, to stick around for another year. Yeah. And current conviction is to go, go ahead and go to the pros because you don't want to take that beating. But, uh, you know, he, he might see, uh, opportunity to improve his status uh i'd like to see him come back but i mean we got plenty of running backs but uh he's special uh, oh absolutely no I'd, I'd love to see tank bigsby play some more in an auburn uniform but i also know you know sort of what you know what running backs especially risk you know i, I could see him deciding you know, three years, especially especially three years with as many touches as he received, right? Because this is a guy who, right. who 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 touched the ball more than most college running backs will in their entire careers in in three years at Auburn. So yeah, I can see it both ways. I'm I'm sort of expecting Tank Bigsby to call it a college football career and and begin and and go pro, but but I I think it could be a real be a real jolt to next year's team if he uh, if if he proved me wrong. Hey, and the other question I had. Do we have a quarterback in this class committed? No. Auburn has a quarterback. Well, let's see. Did the uh, is, is the quarterback that was committed to Florida International? Uh, I believe he's this year. Yes. Yes, so they do. They do. Now, that's going to be interesting. He's another athletic uh, type quarterback. Um, uh-huh. Only around 6'1", 185. Um, but he's a guy that... that uh, can can run as well as pass, and that's something that you know didn't would wouldn't have fit necessarily for the prior staff. But obviously, you saw how Malik Willis progressed under Hugh Freeze at Liberty. That's Keon Jenkins from right. uh, Miami Central High School in uh, Apalaka, Florida. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Griner make some progress too. You know, I think Robbie Ashford has a great potential. But, uh, you know, we need to keep developing then, you know, all our younger quarterbacks also. You know, I, th- I think it's a, I mean, you would listen, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, we, you know, you would think that, you would think that Robbie Ashford is the favorite because he enters the offseason as the He's the guy the with, with, the, with the most experience at Auburn as a starter. Zach obviously has started a few games uh, at A and M, but he's he's the favorite. But I wouldn't. I mean, if you asked me, if next week one next year, man, I, is it Robbie Ashford or not Robbie Ashford? Robbie Ashford of the field. Yeah, I mean that's a tougher that one is to predict tough one. because I think I would ra- I would probably list Robbie Ashford over any other individual name. But between the possibility of, of uh, Zach or or Holden making a push for the job, you know, with with a new coaching staff. Or someone coming in right. uh, via the portal, or e- even you know a highly touted high school quarterback. But I would probably guess the portal. If we're talking about unseating uh, Robbie Ashford, you know it's it, it's uh, it's Robbie's job for now. But he's going to have to fight to hold on to it. And if he fights to hold on to it, you probably feel better about his chances of of improving his his passing numbers going into a and improving on his overall level of play right. uh, going into next year. Um, I'm I'm going to just do some preliminary numbers. When you look at the uh, when you when you look at the roster that Auburn had, if 
if if uh, none none of the a few of these seniors could have the opportunity to come back. You know, some of them have not used the COVID year, um, but Auburn had. Uh, I believe there were 20 seniors at Senior Day, 20 players there at Senior Day, scholarship guys. Uh, that would leave Auburn in the uh, around 60. You're looking at Tank as a, an underclassman who could leave. There, you know, there, there are other guys. I mean, you know, from the secondary, DJ James and Jalen Simpson, guys that that were uh, listed as juniors this year that could leave. But so so let's say even without a lot of attrition, you're going to have at least 30 spots. So yes, the transfer portal is going to be extremely important. Of the off, got to be on the offensive that, line. I would think defensive line. And that didn't take into account any possible no possible uh, no any, any attrition possible from Auburn the players yeah. entering the transfer portal. A- any departures. So that's from what Auburn. I'm saying. You've got at least 30 spots, and remember, there's no limit this year. As long as you don't go over the eighty-five, so so it it's going to be crazy. The recruiting, keeping up with recruiting and player movement, is going to be wilder than ever this year because of the NCAA lifting the twenty-five initial rule. I, I think amid everything that's gone on in the last twenty of twenty-four forty-eight hours, too, we haven't mentioned Auburn picked up a commitment from Opelika High School. They absolutely did, I, and, I, and I said, and shout out to. Uh, Shout out to Coach Speakman, who uh, who I know listens from from time to time and uh, is is a fan of the show. And uh, congratulations to his team on, on sending a uh, yeah, look uh, like they're going to send a player to Auburn. Another and, defensive end slash edge. And we're, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to Scott Bagwell tomorrow. I was going to say yeah. Speaking of uh, local high schools, Auburn High looking for two state titles tomorrow over at Jordan Hare. The uh, the girls flag title is at two, and I believe Scott's got the play by on that as well. As Auburn and Thompson tomorrow night at seven six airtime on Wings ninety four three. Brenton Williams, the uh, the the Opelika uh, player who committed to Auburn, uh, just uh, was it yesterday over the weekend? Yep, Recently. just yesterday. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Jake Crane joins us. Stick with us here on the drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls, and we're going to head to the Kia of Auburn Hotline and welcome in our good friend from Crane and Company, and that, of course, is Jake Crane. Jake, how you doing today, man? Gentlemen, I'm doing good. How are y'all? Doing fine. Well, I, you have been on the, the Hugh Freeze bandwagon for a long, long time, and now today he's officially introduced, and I thought uh, an outstanding job at his opening presser today. Yeah, you know, there is such thing as winning the press conference, and, you know, I, I thought he did a good job of that. I thought there was some interesting information to come out of that as well, uh, talking about him maybe not calling the plays. Right. And, you know, a true offensive coordinator. Uh, but I thought he was he was pretty genuine and honest. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, you knew you were going to get some questions that, that were questioning, you know, the, 
uh, his past and some things that had happened, but I thought he handled it pretty well. And, uh, look, I think the man has a chance to do something special at Auburn. Uh, I said in the show, you know, this morning opening it up, that I think, you know, maybe his transgressions in the past make him a lot less likely to, you know, screw up like that again than somebody who hasn't paid the price for it because he did that and almost didn't get a second chance. Let me ask you a question that uh, we, we got a little over an hour ago, uh, and, and I think you're, you're uh, uh, better to answer this. The question was about Hugh, Hugh Freeze's on-field coaching, his, his coaching. Uh, we were asked to sort of rank his coaching on a scale of 1 to 10. Where would you put Hugh Freeze just as a coach? Well, you know, I think it, it's his best quality is, is his, his innovativeness on offense. You know, he's been a guy that has embraced the three-man surface method or RPO, however you want to phrase it. Uh, he understands that. Uh, that's kind of what he's cut his teeth on. But if you notice, his pass game is a lot more intricate than what a Gus Malzahn was. I think formationally there's some similarities, but from a ability to out-scheme you in the passing game, and lean on the passing game, not just hope it's there and being able to out-scheme people throughout a game, not just a couple times a game down the field, is something Auburn fans will notice. I think, too, the way that, at least in the past, he's called games. Now, guys, if he brings in an offensive coordinator uh, and, and is going to let him do his own, own thing, and that, it's really a moot point, not that he won't be involved, but it'll be the offensive coordinator's show. Uh, but I think you know his ability to pitch backwards as opposed to where Gus was very apt to run it on first down uh, and, and, and play very predictably from a play calling standpoint outside of a couple specials or trick plays the game. But no, I, I think he was in a, a very high-end class of, of schematic guys and, and guys that have feel for play calling. Jake, one of the things that, that I think a lot of folks who cover Auburn have been sort of asked, you know, since Hugh Freeze got the job is, you know, some variation of the question of have... Uh, Hugh Freeze's transgressions, I think was the term that John Cohen used at, at, at the press conference. Have Hugh Freeze's transgressions, you know, is it at the level where it should be disqualifying to have a job like Auburn? And I think it's a complex question, right? And there, there are folks who, I mean, there, I can, I can see, I can see both sides of this sort of thing. How do you respond when people suggest that, that Hugh Freeze has disqualified himself from a job like Auburn with his behavior? Yeah. Well, I, I think the first thing you got to do is make sure you understand what Hugh Freeze actually did and what Hugh Freeze actually didn't do. All the sexual assault stuff at Liberty happened in 2016. Hugh Freeze w wasn't there until 2019, so he had nothing to do with that. Should he have DM'd the girl, the, the, the female, about how, you know, the AD, you know, how he's a God-fearing man and, how, you know, what type of person he is? No, that was stupid to messenger. You weren't going to get anything out of that anyway. But to call that intimidation is, uh, you must have really never been intimidated before. I, I, I think that's a very big over-exaggeration. I think it was just a stupid decision to messenger. Uh, but then you look at, at what he did with the uh, escort service down in Tampa. Look, that's, again, uh, it, it's not a good thing. But a lot of people were willing to give Lane Kiffin a pass to it known for, let's just say, being friendly with 18- to 22-year-old girls. Uh, but that was fine. Joey Freshwater, ha-ha, it's a cool thing. But Hugh Freeze calls an escort service, and all of a sudden he's Jeffrey Epstein. I don't, I don't think it's as, as bad as what people made it out to be. The recruiting violations and stuff like that, 
we're in the world of NIL now, guys, so it really doesn't matter anymore. But if you're looking at a pattern of bad decisions, I can understand that thinking, but I really think Hugh, uh, now that he's lost it all and, and got it back very fortunately, I don't think you'll see him do something stupid like that again. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little concerned about the impulse control on social media too, you know, the, the incident you mentioned, but at the same time, like I'm I look at and this is not this is a half hearted defense, if anything, of, of any specific incident involving Hugh Freeze, but I look at a lot of a coaches in college football or in college men's basketball that still have careers and still have jobs that had, you know, what, what, I mean, Kelvin Sampson, Rick, Rick, Rick Patino, um, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, had, you know, left, left a, yeah. left a USC job in pretty ugly circumstances. Rich Rodriguez is the coach at Jacksonville State and, uh, look, look up, you know, what happened in Arizona. Like there, I mean, I can understand, uh, you know, if, if you think, you know, any, any one of these things is disqualifying, but at the same time, it, it does seem like, if if you apply it just to one person, it it doesn't strike me as totally fair when when you can when you can list se- several coaches with incidents in their past in the industry. Yeah, no. Look again, no, nobody's perfect. Uh, Doesn't Sean Miller have a job? Isn't Sean Miller coaching still? Yeah. Look again. There's there's tons of examples. I mean, you can go back to guys that aren't even in coaching anymore. Uh, but uh, again. You know, I, I really think there's a lot of misinformation out there about what he's actually done and what all of a sudden, you know, Twitter turns it into when they MSNBC him and stuff like that. All right. The next step uh, is is staff. Um, he didn't have an answer today, and I didn't really expect one. I was just looking for timeline. Um You're pretty well connected. What uh, Are you hearing any names as to possible staff for, uh, for Hugh Freeze? Yeah, well, you know, a, a name that's been thrown around as, as kind of a chief of staff or maybe a GM-type role is a guy named Austin Thomas. I put out a tweet right after the Hugh Freeze hire, uh, and then that name started circulating, uh, I guess, around Auburn message boards or whatever. I uh, wouldn't be shocked to see him brought on. Yeah, keeping Cadillac, you had to. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was a, a very smart decision. I think you got to keep Zach Etheridge, too. Uh, I think Zach Etheridge is a guy, him and one you got Caddy on offense, Zach on defense, two guys that really understand it. I think that'd be a smart move. Uh, as far as defense coordinator, number one on my list is I'm making Zach Arnett tell me no at Mississippi State. I'm, I'm as far as a recruiter, as the guy who can get guys motivated to play. Uh, I think Zach Arnett is, is the guy that's very up and coming. Or why not give Jim Leonard a call up there at Wisconsin? He was supposed to take over the keys for Paul Chris, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they hire Luke Fickle. So I, I, w- I would make Jim Leonard tell me no, and then you have T. Will down there. Look, I know here at the end they've kind of sputtered a little bit, but Travis has done a lot of good things down there. You talk about a guy on the recruiting trail, him and Cadillac Williams together, uh, and Zach Etheridge. That's a nice little three-headed monster to be able to close out some guys that can close the gap between Auburn and a team like Alabama and a team like Georgia. Uh, but, you know, I, you're Chris Kiffin, as defensive line coach, would he go for, I know they're buddies, would he go from yep. the Browns where he has that same job to Auburn? I don't know. Uh, but you're going to start hearing some names here soon. I'm just very interested to see how this offensive coordinator situation works out. Hey, I, you know, I, there was a name that somebody asked me about that I wasn't terribly familiar with, and, and that's, uh, you know, I didn't do enough homework on my on my South Alabama Jaguars assistance right now. But Corey Batoon has worked with Hugh Freeze uh, throughout his career. I think he's the, 
I think he's the DC at South Alabama, which would mean, I mean, I don't know exactly how you lure a DC from a Group of Five program away these days. A special teams coach. If, if you're not money, making, money, money, yeah, money. If you're not making him the DC, you know, would he leave for a position coach and a, and a special teams post or something like that? But well, but he's can, worked if with you can like triple his salary exactly. Or more, well, and but he's, he's a little more higher profile and, position. And luckily, we have a South Alabama Jaguar on the phone with us right now that could probably tell us a little bit more about Corey Batoon. Yeah, I assume you're in South. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I assume you're familiar with uh, with with Coach Batoon down in Mobile. Yeah, look, I again, as far as him being a, I, I think position coach, that there's obviously a chance. Uh, but again, I, I think a smart head coach realizes how important the coordinators are. Obviously, done. He's going to let him coach. If you're going to let him coach, you got to let him bring in their mm-hmm. guys. So whatever coordinator is brought in is going to dictate a lot who the who the assistants are. Because Hugh's smart and he understands that that coordinator is going to operate at full pace while you are the head man, while you do make the decisions. You have to be smart enough to relegate power to him to bring in guys that can help him operate where he thinks he needs to be. So uh, once you see the coordinators, then you'll see obviously the speculation of the assistant. You really don't build that backwards like that. I would think that if uh, you mentioned Chris Kiffin, uh, Batoon followed Chris Kiffin from Ole Miss to Florida Atlantic. So may, maybe if Chris yeah. Kiffin is the defensive coordinator, that even strengthens the possibility of a reunion between uh, and Batoon coached at uh, at, at Liberty uh, before becoming the defensive coordinator at South Alabama. So I, I would I would wonder if his name could uh, could pop up in these conversations. Yeah, no, look, I I would I would be shocked at all. I mean, everybody knows everybody at the end of the day. Uh, but again, you know, looking at which coordinator is going to be there, that's going to be kind of the guiding light or the north star on what assistance you're going to be getting. And then, of course, uh, the next thing is, well, I guess the next thing is the transfer portal opens up next Monday. And, and Hugh talked about that a good bit, but he also talked about the talent locally and, uh, uh, understanding something that, that perhaps maybe had not, uh, been, been pursued as hard, I think, as Hugh Freeze is going to. And that is, uh, trying to keep the talent closer to home, and I think that's uh, that that's something that's going to be very interesting. And I know a lot of folks are wondering, well, can Hugh Freeze recruit like he did at Ole Miss now that everybody has uh, NIL? <laughs> um, yes, uh, Hugh Freeze can really recruit. Uh, I think that's something that maybe a lot of people, or not a lot of people, a decent amount of people maybe don't know about Hugh is that, I mean, that the man really can recruit. Uh, you're you're going to see that. Brian Harson really didn't want to recruit. He wasn't a head coach that was super involved in recruiting. You're going to get the opposite with Hugh Freeze. Lane Kiffin, similar to Brian Harson, and that he's not a head coach that really recruits a lot. Uh, you see them operate out of the portal. I know that is recruiting, but Lane's really involved in the quarterback recruiting and evaluating, and pre- that's pretty much it. Uh, so you're going to get a head coach in Hugh Freeze that understands the importance of the head coach being involved in recruiting, which is going to be a feather in the cap. But I tell you what, man, the more I sit here and think about it and the more I, I you know, uh, watch Robbie throw this last game, he's actually really a perfect fit for what Hugh Freeze does on offense if he can just be good enough throwing. If he can just be – it's almost like Jaden Daniels. If you can be just enough of a threat to throw the ball – Robbie Ashford's running ability really is elite. I'm gl- I'm glad you made that point about the recruiting because that that's the thing to me more than if you if you if you break up the risks with Hugh Freeze into uh, on field coaching, uh, off field incidents, or recruiting. Uh, the the thing that I was maybe the most concerned about because of what happened at Ole Miss 
was his ability to recruit when the NCAA is watching him very closely and there's, you know, there, it's a different industry 10 years later. Cause, you know, I, th- I think about it like a, like a boxer who had loaded gloves and threw knockout punches and now, you know, it, now it's it's going to be a little bit tougher for him. But I got the sense today he can still throw knockout punches on the uh, on the recruiting trail. He's he pretty to. confident in uh, in his ability to recruit, and, too. and he's got a and he's got a I, yeah. full arsenal of weapons at his disposal between the new football complex. He's got, itself. He's got a much much uh, more impressive arsenal than he's ever had, and and, oh, and yeah. the NIL operation as well. Yeah, he's pulling up to the spot, feeling good about a lot of things. Um, you saw him kind of today. Uh, the way he can talk the talk, uh, and and I mean, he just again, he he comes off as very genuine, and I think he's going to use some of those past transgressions, even in recruiting, uh, you know, it, to his advantage to to put it in a way, not in a nefarious way, but there's a way to do that. So, look, I think Hugh's going to be the the pleasant surprise of Hugh Freeze to Auburn fans will be his ability to recruit, and he understands how important having a staff around him that recruited a high level is as well. Quickly, Jake, uh, before we run out of time, though, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, I mean, the, the other, some of the other coaching changes here over the last few days. A uh, bit of a surprise with Wisconsin, uh, grabbing Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, opening that spot there. Uh, Matt Rule to Nebraska, that wasn't as much of a surprise. That was just them, uh, not taking no for an answer there. Just, uh, your thoughts on some of the other coaching movements. Yeah, the Matt Rule into Nebraska, I think it's a good hire. I don't think it's a great hire. Uh, their biggest problem is getting recruits to go out there. It's just I, I don't think a lot of uh, kids in the 2023 and 2024 class woke up like, you know, Matt, super excited about Matt Rule being at Nebraska. Uh, he put lipstick on a pig twice, but the standard's still high at Nebraska. I don't see them being a factor in the Big Ten with Matt Rule there. They may beat a couple teams they shouldn't every now and then, but as far as being a, a consistent contender – which is what Nebraska fans expect. Uh, it's just not coming to fruition to me with that guy there. You know, Willie Fritz ended up staying at Tulane. I thought that fit with Georgia Tech would be perfect. Now they're talking about uh, just promoting the interim Brent Key uh, to be in the head coach there. Looking at Wisconsin, I was shocked. Uh, very as shocked as I've been because they fired Paul Chris for Jim Leonard. So they yeah, that's what we all thought. They get a, like they couldn't get they you you know they had to be shocked that they had a chance to get Luke Fickle. That, that, that's the only way. Because if I'm Jim Leonard now, I'm not staying around to be D.C. now with this new head coach. I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, if I'm a group of five, I'm calling Jim Leonard to be the head coach. And if I'm Hugh Freeze, I'm trying to get Jim Leonard on the phone to be the D.C. Because he's the next day Miranda, I'm telling you guys. You think, uh, I mean, I, I was pretty surprised by the David Shaw uh, re- resignation. I mean, he's, he's a, a younger guy. but, uh, you know, but 14 that's a, that's and 28 a, the last I, I know, four years. And that's, and that's a tough but job. You're paying him you're paying him nine million a year. Oh no, I, no, it's I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I kind of thought it might be a firing rather than a resignation, but it sounds uh, like Stanford's David Shaw, just de-emphasizing so, so, athletics. Well, well, now there are rumors about Chris Peterson and Bronco Mendenhall both, both possibly stepping up for uh, for, for David Shaw. You, what, you think uh, you think Stanford can make a splash with the next coach? Well, look, if you're going to pay David Shaw nine million a year, Stanford can afford it. Yeah, I mean, true. now I don't even think you have to take the ACT to get in there. I don't know how it's going to be in a couple years, but. Look, David Shaw, everybody talks about Jimbo Fisher being overpaid. David Shaw has been one of the most overpaid coaches in college football for a while. It's just the truth. Uh, and I think it says a lot about him stepping away as well. And, and I think it shows he really cares about the program. Because mm-hmm. he could have said no. I'm, I want to stick it out for a couple more years and see what happens. But they've fallen so far. I think Chris Peterson would be a good fit. 
you know, Bronco Mendenhall, that, that would be an interesting hire. But, uh, again, for some reason, that just makes sense. Uh, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in. I'd watch for Derek Mason, too, former former coordinator for Jim Harbaugh uh, at, at Stanford yeah. a couple of years ago. Yep, with, nothing nothing would shock me about it. Jake, uh, great stuff as always. Let let everybody know what, what you've uh, got up uh, right now and, and what you've got coming up and how they can get it, of course, there with Crane & Company. Definitely, man. Uh, you can uh, check us out on Daily Wire Plus. Really easy to sign up. You can go to YouTube at C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, talked a bunch of Hugh Freeze today. Went over the whole thing, kind of where I think it's going to go. Going to be talking about it tomorrow as well with Tom Luganville. We're live 6.30 to 8 Central. Uh, just come check us out. Appreciate it as always, guys. Sounds great, Jake. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great week. See ya. You as well. Jake Crane joining us as he does on Tuesdays. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the uh, Tuesday Drive, and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Dan is up next. Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. Hey, Dan. I have a feeling that that we may not lose that many players um, with the coaching change. I do think they're probably going to keep a couple other coaches that are already on the team. I I think we do have some good coaches um, right now. Obviously, like, uh, hoping Ike Hilliard sticks around, and then, of course, Zach for sure. But I think the big deciding factor might be that they're opening the new uh, complex, and that's going to create a ton of excitement. And so if I'm a player, I might, you know, want to experience that and, and stick around, you know, just... I think if Auburn had waited a long time to name the coach, you would have gone into the risk of the transfer portal. Oh, losing a lot more. Of having players leave. I think naming a coach uh, <laughs> helps helps give... Because now you have a coach who can give a pitch. And he met to, with to the those, team already players, this morning, yeah. and he said he's going to meet with each of the players individually. So, yeah. But, I, like I said, I do think the, the, the brand-new complex, I mean, if it's, if it's as good as everything I've read about it is... is pretty dang incredible and if it's state of the arc yes i mean for Hank to be willing to come back you know when he probably should go uh you know and i'm saying that he is going to but you know that's that's that obviously it's pretty impressive that may keep a lot of the players around for a while at least to test it out so appreciate it guys appreciate the call down i will say one thing about it yes it's very impressive the the conference room could have been a little bigger today. It was packed. I believe it. It was yeah. packed. First time we've used it. First time we've had a press conference there in the new Waltel Center, and uh, it was filled. I I didn't go in part. Well, in part because it was at ten a.m. But but also because <laughs> yeah, I yeah, the man's wait. No no, but also because I knew it was going to be a hot ticket, and I yeah. figured like I didn't want. Man, the I got I got 